you guys went down to Puerto Vallarta, man? He's like, are you guys crazy? You guys get pulled over by the Federales? He's like, what happened? He's like, you guys are just crazy doing that. So welcome everyone to the Tim and John show. So it's been a while since we've done one of these. I was off gallivanting around Mexico, I actually drove there for, to uh, Puerto Vallarta and back, which was uh, quite the journey and experience. But there's been no shortage of news. And one of the things that's in the news big time now is inflation. Everyone's talking about it first. You know, they were telling us we didn't have it. Then they were telling us it was only going to get a little bit of it. Then they started telling us it was good. And now they're saying it's here, but it's only going to be here for a little bit. And let's go to Joe Biden talking about inflation and what he is going to do about it. I'm pretty confident that, that inflation is temporary, but if you're pumping all of this money into the economy, couldn't that add to... No, the, the, look, here's the deal. No, Moody's pumping today, money into the economy Wall Street firm, not inflation. some liberal think tank, said if we pass the other two things I'm trying to get done, we will, in fact, reduce inflation. Reduce inflation. Sure. Reduce inflation. Because we're going to be providing good opportunities and jobs for people who, in fact, are going to be reinvesting that money back in all the things we're talking about, driving down prices, not raising prices. And so it, it is. I, 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 Reduce inflation, reduce inflation, reduce inflation, well, money like, and reduce inflation. <laughs> when did that ever like if he just said if he just says it enough times, like it's going to be true, like the uh, Pygmalion. Hey, you gotta repeat or it three, yeah, repeat it three times. Then, like then, he's some sort of not. witch. Yeah, like he's going to like click his heels three times and go back to Kansas or something. Like, I don't know what uh, what's going on. But, you know, Joe Biden, you know, it can only be outdone by Joe Biden. Here's another clip of him sounding like an idiot talking about inflation. You know, he's even more robotic than usual in this. It's like he's like just got this script from like one of his speechwriters like five seconds before. And he's like just going over this, which is sort of like what I'm doing right now is I sort of winging this. But I'm just talking to you guys and like a thousand people or maybe 20,000 if it gets on Josh's channel. But I'm not talking to the entire world. Folks but. have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. But that's not our view. Our experts believe and the data shows that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and are expected to be temporary. Reality is you can't flip the global economic light back on and not expect this to happen. As demand returns, there's going to be global supply chain challenges. We've seen that in semiconductors, which are used in automobiles. That global shortage has slowed vehicle production, creating a temporary spike in car prices. That's a real challenge. My administration will do everything we can to address it. But again, these disruptions are temporary. Lumber prices are another example. They spiked early in our recovery. But in recent weeks, they began to fall. They've fallen by more than 50%. In the hospitality industry, prices are returning to where they used to be. Economists call all these things transitory effects. And they account for about 60% of the price increase we've seen over the last few months. And I want to be clear. My administration understands that if we were to ever experience unchecked inflation over the long term, that would pose a real challenge to our economy. So while we're confident that isn't what we're seeing today, we're going to remain vigilant about any response that is needed. I mean, I think that response will not stand the test of time very well and that might end up sounding like the dumbest fucking thing any politicians ever said uh like we feel confident that we can control this i mean it's like saying like oh uh mike tyson if you uh, keep running your mouth to me you better watch it because i'm gonna get in there and i'm gonna do something to you and then i get in there and i get knocked out in two seconds there's nothing they can do what's the fed what can the fed do they can raise interest rates okay well great uh, they couldn't really raise rates during the greatest economy in the history of the world underneath Trump. Couldn't do it then without cratering everything. Couldn't do it the entire time Obama was there until, you know, he got voted out. And as Trump was, you know, getting in, he was a lame duck and they and they uh, had it go up one time. They couldn't normalize the balance sheet. The, you know, basically the past 13 years, they took it from I forgot, like four point two trillion down to three point six before they had that, you know, uh, basically renege and every single thing uh, with that what i don't even know what the balance sheet even is today it's like seven point something 7.2 7.4 i'm sure john probably has a better oh, idea of that it. oh no you're far off you're far off tim you're far off uh, actually it's crazy it's uh just gone up quite a bit and 
And right now, actually, let me uh, let me pull uh, pull it up on the screen here for you guys so you can see it. Uh, the current like balance sheet for the Fed as of the uh, this is the 21st. So this is the actual official number from themselves is 8.24. And as you can see, Tim, look at this. Like it just skyrocketed. Uh, and and look at this versus you know like this was the 2008 crisis. You know, it's slowly, very slow to increase, right? But look at the trajectory here on the initial like. They're in some trouble there. I, I and it's also it's important to point, point out there is like that two or three year stretch where it was stagnant. It was during that stretch that all of the other central banks yeah. in the world basically then started jacking theirs up like immensely. Like a bank. Yeah, because they're all started. colluding, right? Oh no, they would they would never they would never do that. And right before the show began, we did do you know like a tiny bit of uh, I guess reconnaissance ahead of time to see you know all John's articles that he had sent over. And there was one that I showed John where it was Biden sounding like a complete idiot, which I know you know is not very hard to do finding clips of Biden sound like an idiot. But this was like particularly pretty bad. So I'm just going to go ahead and share this one uh, for everyone's uh, viewing and listening pleasure way just like the other question that's illogical and i've heard you speak about it because you always i'm not being solicitous but you you're always straight up about what you're doing Talking to Don and Lemon. the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um are why can't the 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 experts say we know that this virus is in fact uh, um uh it, it, it's going to be uh, or excuse me, we, we, we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. Yeah. That's underway, too. I expect that to occur quickly. Well, that and he probably had somebody like in the like, earpiece, like helping him, like pull that together, yeah. too. And he probably practiced hey, that hey, a whole bunch hey. of times. And he's like, damn it, I still effed it up. Right as right as go time over here in front of Don Lemon. And he's like, Don That's Lemon, you're always, you're always so straight up, Don. I you know what, Tim? I, I don't know if I could fuck it up that bad on live TV. Like, what what is going on there? Like, he, he just sounds like something. I, I, I don't like a... I don't know. Like, it's even worse than Tajikistan and, and uh, North Korean, like, leaders. Because they're actually intelligent, at least. Like, the Tajikistan dictator, he's a... He's a, a dentist, so has a little bit of an education, understanding things. And then you got Kim Jong-un, seems to have things under control, oppressing his people. You're working on getting your uh, Tajikistan, uh, trying trying to suck up to the Tajikistan uh, dictator in case you oh, want yeah. another passport someday. Yeah, because you, you can go in there. You know, they have their own little Olympics going there. It's pretty good uh, good stuff going on in Tajikistan. Uh, uh, it's, it's actually more fun. It looks like a lot more fun than going to, uh, going to North Korea. Uh, I was say more fun than sounds like more fun than going to Canada these days. With uh, I mean, what, what's the what's the so what's the state of affairs yeah, yeah. Up, up in Canada for everyone that doesn't know what's going on over there? It, some was it like sometime in August you guys are allowed to travel if you've been vaccinated or something like that? Yeah, it just started like a a month ago where you were allowed to travel if you're double vaccinated. I'm allowed to travel. I could go into the U.S. No problem, right? But when I come back, I get treated like uh, I go into the gulag, got to pay $3,000, and then I uh, get stuck in a gulag. And if you actually, there was a lady that actually didn't want to take the PCR test because uh, she's like, I don't want that in my body. Uh, she was actually, they took away her food for a bit and didn't feed her because somebody actually dropped off the food for her because they knew that it was going to be garbage food for a $3,000 hotel stay for three days. You know, that's going to be, fantastic uh food like i i think they showed some water they got the little bagel in there and some other goodies uh for yeah you gotta stay at a really good resort <laughs> and, and uh so what happened was that they withdrew that but in canada actually uh if i so i'm not vaccinated right uh, everybody knows that uh and if i were to travel anywhere if i were to travel even back to norway to bury my dad you know in the ground which needs to happen soon uh, I would have to take off a month uh, from work and paid. And then if I want to stay there a week, I could stay there for a week, but I would have to isolate for 12 days in Canada, 12 days in Norway. It's totally insanity. But then, yeah, let's get back to uh, Canada. So actually what has happened now is uh, BC, British Columbia, Alberta, and Saskatchewan has opened up. They removed every restriction that was there, masking, social distancing, all that crap uh, that they were doing. And what they've done, they actually, here in Manitoba, we're still a bunch of slaves together with Ontario. 
uh, we still are, you know, not allowed to meet. Actually, uh, so you can have five people over in your own house. Uh, we could, be, you know, I could have a couple so of people over. Yeah, they're very nice people. And you could have 25 in your backyard, you know, if you really want to have a, a good meeting with people. And then um, uh, just accidentally, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, which is going to have a game this weekend. Uh, that baseball? They can have uh, – no, it's a Canadian Football League, so CFL. Uh, and, and so what happens there is that they were allowed 100%, but you got to be fully vaccinated. you got to have your vaccine passport ready. you got a QR code here. Uh, and so you got to have that. And I made the comment on uh, the Blue Bombers because I have the whoever is the owner of the Blue Bombers. I made a comment on his LinkedIn and everybody was just going crazy. I got actually there was a lot of people that supported me uh, because I said like, uh, so, you know, Blue Bar- Winnipeg Blue Bombers, are, are they supporting apartheid here? Uh, I thought that uh, that was not non-existent anymore. And so, like, it just blew up, uh, and everybody was just mad as hell at me, or they supported me 100%. Didn't Trudeau uh, just, uh, I saw funny. a video of it. I saw a video of Trudeau where he said, like, you know, we've made a commitment with Pfizer to get like 30 million vaccines next year and 30 million the year oh, that's after. An old, that's an old 35 one. from three, two months. years. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Three, four, five years, three, four, five, though, maybe five or six even months old. And yeah, he did that live on TV. So they're ready. Like in Norway, they're looking at maybe doing the third vaccine soon, the Delta, the Delta one. Uh, and so they're doing actually human trials on the third vaccine in Norway, and I think in Israel as well. Uh, but back to Manitoba. So I can't like this is hilarious. You can't go and visit the Human Rights Museum unless you're double vaccinated and present your vaccine passport. I thought that was just, you know, like that just is way too hilarious. I almost feel like going down there, you know, pulling a, uh, what is it? It's not Jack Pasovic. What is the guy that uh, does uh, like that changed my mind thing? Uh, where he sits Steven, at the Steven table. Crowder. Steven Crowder. Uh, who's... Steven yeah, Steven Crowder. Crowder. I felt like going down there and doing the Steve Crowder. My wife would probably just uh, slap me pretty hard if I did that because she doesn't want any attention to us. Uh, but I feel like going down there, like uh, vaccine passports are apartheid right outside there and then changed my mind. Now, is there anything that would change yeah, your it's... mind to move out of Canada? Like, if, is there anything if they like how bad would it have to get? Because, I mean, even America, like I said, like I just went down to Mexico, actually drove there. I wasn't really a big fan of driving down there, but we uh, found out we needed a actually we found out when we we're like 15 hours into the country that we needed a permit to drive there. They only issued the permits at the border. And they try to turn us around and that would have been like a 30 hour excursion. So we had to you know, pay off a couple of people twice within 10 minutes in Sinaloa. And, and that was, you know, sort of hairy and taking back roads to avoid the uh, extortions and ending up in like basically a Sinaloan like farm field at one point thinking I was going to like, okay, this is where I'm going to die. You didn't you know? end up at a cartel site <laughs> where the boys are hanging out, you know, having a big compound. Uh, luckily we didn't cross into that, but I would, we were in some sketchy territory coming back. No, no problems at all. But, uh, cause you know, I'm sort of looking at escape plans over here in America and, and Arizona is relatively good. Like almost no one's wearing a mask. Like I just went to the grocery store. I think I saw like maybe one extreme liberal with like pink hair lady, pretty fat too, wearing a mask. And one lady that was like 80 wearing a mask. And aside from that, uh, you know, 98% of people were not wearing masks. We actually have some laws now where I believe in the schools that can't ask the kids vaccination status. And they also cannot, uh, make the kids or staff wear a mask at school now. I think that just passed last month. And so, you know, relatively speaking, I think there's three other states with laws like that. Uh, I think yeah. it's like Arkansas, maybe Alabama, and there's like, all the A's. Uh, so I'm sure they'll be hammering us with, you know, PCR tests where they're going to be running it up to like 40 cycles to scare everybody again in Arizona at some point. But like, yeah, we have 45 here, air mental. Yeah. Yeah. Like even here, like I'm where it's like, you know, like paradise compared to, uh, you know, Canada. And even I'm looking at like, what are the escape plans and personally looking to get out of Phoenix? Cause you know, I don't want to be here when the dollar collapses, but like, what, like what it take for you to consider moving out of Canada? Cause it looks like the trajectory is getting like, they're basically saying you can't travel anymore cause you're not going to get vaccinated. I mean, and then they're going to keep, you know, in, you know, ratcheting it up where they could 
someday be like, oh, sorry, I can't get to the grocery store because you're not vaccinated. And they're just going to make life super, super difficult. And so I'm wondering, like, do you have like any lines of the sand of like what it would take for you to get out? And we didn't talk about this ahead of time. I'm just sort of hitting John on the spot right now. And John's probably like, sure, I'm used man. to this. I'm used to this. <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, the only reason why I'm really here is because I love my wife and uh, like I want to be with my wife. That's the only reason why I'm here, really. Like I, uh, it's just turning into a gulag. And I want to show one thing here because we had like supposed a thousand deaths of COVID. So we should have a massive spike uh, when it comes to our death numbers in Manitoba in 2020. Well, look at this. Look at this, boys. About the same. Barely moved. Yeah, just about a hundred, uh, a little over a hundred up. So it's a little bit over the average, like, I don't know. It's it's pretty much the same. Like it's it's not too like for example this year, ten thousand died, three hundred, and then ten thousand nine hundred. So that was a six hundred uh, people jump. But this one is just one hundred and thirty three extra. So I, I don't know. Like well, where where's all the COVID deaths? And I talked to ICU nurses here uh, that are saying that a lot of people are dying with COVID, not of COVID. And and then you know what we find uh, are slowly finding out here is that a lot of uh, doctors that want to come out, they get intimidated. Uh, they get told to shut the F up and not talk about this, uh, not talk about all the side effects. There's tons of people. I mean, you can lose your house. I, you can lose your vacation house, lose, you know, everything you've ever worked well, you lose for, your job. lose your entire yeah. career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, Especially I mean, I was... Doctors. Yeah, and so, I mean, you've spent all this money, you're in a bunch of debt. I'm not sure if you're allowed to... Are you allowed to like, discharge debt and bankruptcy for doctor, like... Uh, for student loans up there because i know in america you're not allowed to uh but don't worry as a liberal president that you know signed it into law so i think i think you can though i don't think it's as stupid as it is in the u.s when it comes to student loan no i, okay. I think that's fine but still though like think about the the you know the insanity there's a doctor in bc that just came out um and he was telling that he has multiple people that are permanently disabled from the vaccines you never hear any deaths like apparently in canada versus the us you guys have a, like what was it it was 8300 something no 9300 something then they removed 1000 deaths at the ver system just the other day tim uh but we still don't have any deaths from the vaccine in canada like there's <laughs> nothing there's actually talks in ireland alone that they have about 5,000 deaths from the vaccine? Yeah, nobody's talking about it. You know, it's fine. Uh, every, everybody's okay. You know, like, take the vaccine and shut up. Like, now. I'm sure whatever the U.S. VAERS numbers are, I'm sure whatever the U.S. VAERS numbers are, they're probably at least five to ten times higher than whatever they're, that's yeah. that's admitted. I mean, that sort of goes without saying. Of course, of course, I had local media are saying that, oh, no, it's way over-reported. So, like, you can't trust bears, which is, like, the damn CDC's own uh, adverse reaction thing, you know, that they report on, the doctors and nurses. So you got to laugh at you – know, I had a local radio station. As soon as I disagreed with what they said, I texted in. It's like, stop watching Fox News. Like, that's what a local conservative – uh, radio station said to me, I, I, I was just like, I wasn't really shocked, but I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's what you're all about. eh? Like you, you, you can't even question anything because I, I literally said everything about bears, all the deaths. I had all the numbers. So can you find this data? It's like I showed exactly the damn data. And, and it's just like pure ignorance uh, because they're all paid out by the like $600 million they got uh, the media up here by the government in Canada. And actually Trudeau had the audacity to make a joke about it uh, in uh, at a press dinner, you know, like the, the, the kind of White House dinner, press dinner or whatever you have over in the US, similar. And he was joking about it, like how like, oh yeah, because uh, like uh, why I'm not like being, you know, come after so much is because I paid them off. I paid them $600 million. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I know. You know what you yeah. did? You know what you did show me that one? I remember that, that, <laughs> was, uh, that was pretty wild. Ah, yeah, but yeah. Anyways, like what would make me move, I think, is the mandatory vaccination. If they try to come after me and, and try to forcefully jab me, yeah, exactly. Uh, and look at what is happening in France right now. Massive protests because Macron tried to implement mandatory vaccination. Same in Greece, they tried to pull their vaccine passports on people. And same in France, they're trying England. to do this vaccine passport. Yeah, yeah. everywhere. 
and, on their free uh, on their freedom day they're like well freedom day is they kept moving the goalpost and finally they like okay now that we're at freedom day if you get a vaxport you're allowed to go to these bars and these establishments with lots of people at it i got the new normal tim remember what they talked about before they don't talk about as much anymore but they said like yeah we're gonna go to this new normal well there you are right like that's the new normal you're all slaves uh, you live in an apartheid if you don't uh, agree with forced inoculation from medical elite that uh, have an experimental vaccine, you know, that they're going to jab you with. So, uh, yeah, that's the new normal. It's uh, oh. Klaus Schwab must be pretty proud of his minions right now. Well, I'll be pretty happy next week to be escaping the uh, new normal. Not that it really is, you know, I mean, it's sort of as business as usual almost over here, but I'll be headed up north to Jackalope Freedom Festival. So if you guys want to head to uh, jackalopefreedomfestival.com, check out those details. It's literally sort of, it's sort of like pork fest for those of you that know what that is, except it's uh, completely unorganized, uh, really no rules. Uh, it's just people showing up, having a camping party. And I think last year there was like five, 600 people at it. Uh, I was up there last year. It was a good time. And uh, I'll be there again and this, this is year. Arizona, right, Tim? Yeah, it's in northeastern Arizona, right? Arizona yeah. like in the middle of nowhere. I guess Heber Overgard, H-E-B-E-R uh, dash Overgard is the uh, closest, I think, town or Forest Lakes is the closest town. So if anyone that's in Arizona or can or in Utah or somewhere within, you know, 10 hours of it and you guys like camping and want to be with other freedom people, I would check that out because by the time this gets out, it's probably, it goes on August 1st to 14th. And so people will be up there beforehand. People will be up there afterwards. So uh, that's a good yeah, way to get up in the mountains. You guys still have freedoms up uh, down there. You guys still have freedoms down there in, in uh, Canada. Like, as I said here, we're still wearing a damn mask. It's so, like, I'm telling you, everybody almost that I see is wearing a mask outside now. <laughs> yeah, it's so refreshing. Like, uh, like, like, like Dolly, how about uh, over by you in uh, Pennsylvania? Yeah, how is people? it there? Oh, I, I live in a rural area. It's pretty well back to normal, but I, the scary part about it is it didn't happen until they Pennsylvania made a ruling that if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear the mask, but it'd be a HIPAA violation for anyone to ask you about your medical record that's whenever people quit and that's what worries me that if the government tries hyping up this delta variant and says that we got to go back into it people were just going to roll over and comply again it wasn't it wasn't that people said all right enough of this i'm going back to normal because the government's full of it it was whenever this loophole presented itself is whenever people sort of dropped it so it's just it's nice to see it, it looks like things are normal you can go out and do stuff and not be bothered but we'll see what happens this fall well yeah, yeah that's sort of the same thing here where it wasn't really until uh douchey as we like to call him which i didn't even know that's not really even his real last name and his real dad was like this uh big mobster crime guy and i think his dad went and, and became a cop and then his uncle was a big mob boss guy and the cop dad was covering for the brother, his uncle mob. I'm just, I, I knew none of this until like very, very recently. And I've, I've only just, you know, obviously that's like a, the cliff notes of it. I'm not like an expert on this, but you know, he's not just the uh, ice cream, cold stone creamer guy that he comes from like these mob connections and, there's, and it's not even his real last name. And so anyone can go look that up and maybe I'll have a more uh, finalized report on that. So when I heard that, I was like, that's crazy. But it, yeah, it wasn't until he lifted the recommendation back, like really, pretty much right after float fest, like the end of, uh, end of March. And then that's when all of a sudden, like, a lot of people stopped wearing masks and it sort of like snowballed on itself as like more people saw more people not wearing them and it sort of you know kept continuing and continuing but yeah even my daughter's uh kindergarten graduation like i waltzed in there without a mask and was pretty much the only one then i think like a couple of other people saw me not wearing ones and like they took their mask off and so maybe we had like five of us who weren't wearing masks but yeah i mean that was that had to be like beginning of may and even then it was still pretty bad here i mean that was in a school so a little bit a little bit different but so, now the schools that they, they uh it's it's not you're not allowed to basically make anybody yeah. wear masks now which uh, which county are you in tim are you in maricopa or yeah maricopa so the belly of the beast yeah. when it comes to yeah. uh all the election fraud and all the bullshit yeah. that's been going on because was... maricopa has 44.03 percent you know vaccination fully vaccinated people you know how much we have here in manitoba 16. uh let me guess 8. Uh, i was gonna guess Sorry. 70 
Yeah, well, actually, 78.1% has taken one dose already. And and it was pretty quick, that 63.8 number, as soon as they open up for seconds, it was like everybody's jumping in. I think it's only going to be a few that are not jumping in. But, like, just the amount, like, they started to see now uh, six to eight weeks out, a lot of, like, neurological problems happening. And, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's the... The biggest uh, medical experiment that has ever happened in history, you know, like we put shame to uh, to Hitler and, and the Nazis, to be honest with you. And I think the only way to really stop this from ever happening again is we, we got to stand up and actually say that, no, we should have a Nuremberg 2.0 trial here because the atrocity that have happened there, probably with all the money being paid out to local, you know, uh people like there they built a massive like vaccine storage facility here now that could store up to four billion vaccines here in our province but it was actually the the uh the uh what do you call it the uh property was bought and the building was proposed two and a half years ago uh, already so i don't know i don't know if that has anything to do with it but uh somebody showed me that as a business owner here that does a lot of work he actually showed me that uh this, this is happening. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like um, we're just like a complete slaves there in Manitoba. And I think it is Tim, because we have like 44% is government employees and those government employees spend their money in the businesses. So maybe like 70% is dependent on the government here, at least maybe more. Uh, and I think that's the reason why we're extremely higher and we still are not open. You know, like we're way, like Alberta is way lower than us on like vaccinations. So they're open, like they're fully open. They had their uh, Calgary Stampede, which is their, the biggest event in Canada almost uh, to have. Yeah. And, and they did that without masks and without any uh, social interact, like government forced social, you know, regulations. Like it's, it, it just baffles me, but it doesn't, I guess, because. Uh, we, we're just full of government and police there. I think, I think at one point I need to get out of there, but uh, you know, I'm still married and I, I entail to be that. And I hope to be that as I leave uh, when people see how bad it is, but I really don't want to be here when it's that bad, but it, it looks like that's how it's going to be Tim. Uh, and I, I talked to a friend of mine for freedom force. And he said like, why don't you talk to uh, this guy that runs red pill expo? He's in Montana. You know, he could be like uh Meeting you and hiding you, and then you could sneak over the border. Underground, underground railroad. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> awesome. no, it's, it's, well, it's I mean, get into get yeah. into Mexico is pretty easy. Literally, just waltz right in. Not a single, not even a person yeah. at their booth. Like literally, just went across. Like you lost so, you, Your audio was, is gone. All right. So, uh, do you want to get back to the inflation talk? I know yeah. you had some articles that you wanted to show. So, uh, I know we got one here where if you want to pull this up, the Atlanta Fed's Bostic uh, inflation rise likely transitory and the Fed won't be preemptive. And we all know they're obviously not going to be preemptive. Uh, I mean, they've signaled that they're uh, going to have the symmetrical inflation where, you know, they make, there's not even any like tangible goals of what they're even going to do. Uh, but what are they going to do? I mean, there's nothing that they can do. And we sort of, you know, not to beat this with a dead horse, but there's literally nothing they can do in order to both, you know, fight inflation and, you know, keep this whole fake, you know, stock market economy, you know, rolling as it's been going on. So, uh, but yeah, do you want to go over some of the articles that you had sent over? Well, so Bostic was actually talking to NPR in an interview and, and what he said that, you know, they, they're, wrong on the transitory inflation they believe that now it's going to be six to nine months that it's going to continue uh, and he said that in uh, a npr i don't think this might be the npr interview uh but he was mentioning that that you know there it looks like they might not be 100 percent uh, right about the inflation uh and, and also here here's from uh, linkedin uh, this one here is blackrock is all over the news this morning ceo Larry fink is telling anyone who'll uh, listen Inflation, in fact, is not transitory per the Federal Reserve's t terminology. But unlike a lot of talking heads with no skin in the game, Mr. Fink, who has seen assets under his firm management nearly double to almost $10 trillion, 
dollars over the past five years is putting his money where his mouth is. He's giving all salaried employees eight percent pay rises uh, next year, and this is highly noteworthy. So yeah, it seems like Claire Fink uh, thinks that something is going on with inflation, uh, that it's not so transitory, and that you know prices are not going to go down. Uh, maybe they're not going to go down at all. Uh, and uh, of course, like here, inflation expectations surge hitting new high. And, and actually, if we go to that, Tim, like I pulled it up here when we were talking, I was going to mention it, but like I mentioned now, if you see the official number is 5.40%. But, you know, like look who's around uh, the U.S. with inflation numbers. You know, it's not the usual suspects like, like look at this, Tunisia, Bangladesh, Iraq, Mozambique, Hungary, Mali, Sri Lanka, Burundi. Uh, Jamaica, Egypt, South Africa, like all these countries here, like these are there are countries, a lot of them with high normal high inflation. But look at the United States, it's right in the thick of it. And then, of course, if you go up, you know, you got Venezuela, Sudan, Zimbabwe, Lebanon, Argentina, Iran, Suriname, Syria, Angola, like all of those countries at the top are serial uh, inflators and they've been caught before. But here's another. So we looked at the inflation. Okay. So the U S is way higher than a lot of Western countries. Uh, but look, take a look at this. This is noteworthy, I think, Tim, because if you look at this, I'm going to mark it here. If you take a look at this group here, so you got Lebanon. So what's going on in Lebanon right now? I don't know if you guys have paid attention, but, you know the military is uh, giving tourists rides on their on their air uh, like on their helicopters and stuff to actually pay their employees in the military. The whole government's bankrupt. They they can't even afford pencils at the local airport uh, to actually when you come in to write down like your uh, you know paper that you get when you travel, let's say to Canada from the U.S. and so on, like the customs papers. They don't even have that. Uh, and uh, look at look at their spending. So the, they have a government deficit of 16.50%, right? Well, here's Canada, 15.90% deficit. The U.S. has 14.90 and 14.30 uh, in the U.K. That's that's three of the biggest, like really big economies. They're G20 countries, and they're together with Lebanon. Now, when you take a look at like Suriname was one of the hyperinflators. They were at 12.9. They're less. Uh, of course, Japan is up there. But you see a lot of Western countries, like everybody was bailing everybody out, right, Tim? And so what's going on is that uh, these guys are like, we're, we're in some real trouble here, I think. And uh, the problem with inflation, when you look at history, is that if it really gets out of hand and if you get like a link broken, which is I call the trust link to the currency, if people see enough loss of uh, their currency versus their salaries that, you know, they're starting to really suffer heavily when it comes to food, like people are suffering already. Tons of unemployed, both in the U.S. and Canada. And when they see their food prices go up to so much that they probably like, got to remember the Yellow West movement initially before they had the crackdown on protests, which is actually back again because of mandatory vaccination that uh, there was people there saying that we can't afford to feed ourselves anymore. That is the number one key. When people are starting to struggle to feed themselves, feeding yourself is the number one thing as a human being. You know, if, if you starve, if you can't get water, you're dead. So you could lose your house. You could lose a lot of things, but like losing food and, uh, and water and be able to feed yourself, that's kind of important. So um, I think that we were in for some severe problems and what could happen is a trust shock where uh, people say like, well, my, uh, my current salary is not going up. And let's say that the inflation stays at five till 10%, whatever it will be. It's probably a lot more in grocery stores, right? Like here locally, it's probably like from five to 15% uh, in Canada here in local grocery stores this year. And, and when you have that hit, that's a massive hit. Uh, and then if you're already thin on your budget, you know, like we, we, I personally, I, I don't have a problem, but you know, I'm thinking about the, the everyday, everyday person that lives on, you know, like a lower wage and especially minimum wage, you know, they are going to be like, yeah, I can't really afford to almost feed myself anymore. And that's when the trust link breaks. Like I can't accept this currency anymore. So people will try to look for alternatives like, Oh, can I use Bitcoin maybe? Or can I use gold or silver? 
can I use anything? You know, or or maybe like the lady that was in Venezuela that was working a high paying government job. She had to quit that job in order to pay her rent. And she went to the streets selling coffee. It was as simple as that because commodities always keeps value uh, and your currency salary does not because it gets depleted and loses value, right? Right. And then uh, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I've got commodities in my client portfolios and one of the reasons why I've got Bitcoin and precious metals and, I mean, sort of the, you know, the core of it. And then we've gotten back to having the, uh, you know, the hedge downside on the, on the S&P 500 because, I mean, it's got like these ridiculous valuations right now on the S&P 500. Uh, I believe, actually, let me just get it pulled up right here, but not to, you know, switch gears to the S&P, but we've got a PE ratio of 46.42, which, uh, you know, historically the median is 14. Oh, it's moving 8. up. Wow. 14.8. Oh, moving like, eight. This wow. is the second highest it's ever been outside of the dot-com bubble. Yeah. And, you know, wow. it averages around 16, you know, post, you know, year 2000. And it's probably, you know, hovered, you know, probably average around a little, maybe, maybe around 20. But even to get back down to 20, you would have to fall by 50% or you'd have to have the company start making twice as much. And so that's not going to happen. Even like <laughs> zombies, the, it's time to awaken the zombies, Tim, and we're safe. <laughs> yeah, same with the Schiller PE. Uh, this is basically just like a 10 year smoothed out PE ratio, uh, trailing 10 years, second highest ever. Uh, again, trailing only the dot com bubble. And you know, if you put it in perspective, I believe I saw an article the other day that only four percent of history have the valuations been this high ever. So, uh, and then usually when it's that high, you see low growth periods. However, if your denominator is the dollar and you're just hyper inflating it away or just inflating it away, then, you know, who knows? You can see PE ratios of 100, 200, 1,000, 10,000, you know, as the currency loses value and then you start pricing it in something else. Like in Germany, when it went from being priced, their stock market was priced in gold marks and that collapsed. Then it was priced yeah. into Ren marks and Reich marks and the Deutsche marks. And they're going to use every single one of these, you know, Greek letter alphabet, uh, you know, variants over here to use that as an excuse and then they'll probably then you know theorizing here uh, you know make the cycle threshold start cranking those back up to 40 and then who knows what you know greek alphabet will be on you know whether it's you know alpha beta gamma delta epsilon zeta eta theta eta kappa lambda mu nu xi omicron pi rho phi chi psi omega or who knows uh it's funny hey, I, you know i can't say do... lambda where's lambda i didn't Lam did lambda I lambda mu news yeah <laughs> So yeah, uh, it's funny because if a cop were to ask me to do like the alphabet backwards, like like even sober, I can't do that. So <laughs> it's sort of funny, but I'm like, you know, I could do the Greek alphabet, uh, you know, from yeah. back in college when I had to learn. Are you that. Greek? No, he's Italian. So I don't no, understand. This. I can't even do, I can't even do the <laughs> Italian. Alphabet. You don't have any Greek in family? Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's like, maybe mixed. that's why I'm sure it's, it's in your mixed. DNA. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's somewhat mixed. I mean, who knows? Probably every, yeah. if you're Mediterranean. I'm sure you're a little bit of every, you know, everyone was invading everybody over there, you know, back in the day. So I'm everyone sure was peddling around the shorelines, you know, in their boats too, visiting each other. So yeah, well, yeah, raping and pillaging and going through and doing all the they probably visit each other every now and then too, being nice to each other every now and then, you well, know, yeah, every now and then when they weren't was... raping and pillaging, yeah. they were probably trying to be nice, <laughs> being nice to each other. Uh, <laughs> But uh, what, what yeah. other articles? What other articles you got for us? Because you know we got, and then you know I guess while you're finding another article, we do have, uh, you know, shadow stats is showing the inflation rate, you know, based on 1990 calculations at you know about nine percent. Based on 1980, it's closer to like almost like getting up towards 15. It's like it looks like a 14 percent. You know, just sort of just eyeballing this right now. But you know, just yeah. goes to show you when you've got, uh, you know, they they constantly you know jack with these numbers, constantly yeah. jack how they, you know, account for all this sort of stuff. And, you know, the core, you know, main piece, you know, for, uh, consumer price index doesn't even account for, you know, food, energy, uh, or, you know, rental price. What? So if you don't well, live here, in here, and, eat anything. Yeah. Well, here in Canada, I actually looked in great detail to those CPI numbers, Tim, and, and actually the average for Canada is 25.6% for all real estate costs that they calculate in there. Uh, but then the problem is like even the lowest province is 30 point something percent, which I think was Manitoba and one one other one. But in the big provinces like Ontario and Vancouver, we have insane real estate bubbles. That cost him is like 75 to 80 percent of your budget. 
like real estate costs, which is totally insane, right? But uh, th that's the way it is. And and so the CPI is a little bit off, you know, like when it calculates 25% cost, but it's 75, 80% for over half of the population, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. constantly just jacking with everything, you know, as much as possible to basically paint, you know, the most rosy scenario possible. But I mean, do you want to get into some of like the reverse yeah. repo stuff that's going on? Because I know that's been, you know, crazy yeah, totally. as of late. Yeah, so the, the reverse repo, let me share the screen here. Um, so what's going on in the reverse repo markets is that there's an insane peak. And let me let me actually pull up my chart here because it'll, it'll explain it a lot better. Uh, just one second here. Uh, so like if, if you can look at, so right here, this is the repo market. So you see there's no repo intervention right now. Like it stopped, uh, stopped about June uh, last year. Uh, but if you go to the reverse repo, now this is backwards because I have not time to actually put it uh, like the right way because the data was opposite. So, but as you can see, like, so this is like back in, you know, the 16th of September, 2019, when the repo crisis started. And as you can see, you know, there's some reverse repo, but in, in uh, March at the peak of it, uh, they had about, let me just remove the participants here so you could see it easily. Uh, as you could see here, it peaked out around like in March when we had the big uh, financial crisis going on and the stock market crash, it peaked out about three, uh, like close to 300 billion. Uh, but then suddenly, as you can see here, it just suddenly started to move. And, and it's around like April. It really just started to move and move and move and move. And you had a real big peak, almost a trillion uh, dollars in overnight repos. And now it's back again. Like it's it went down quite a bit, like down below 800 billion. But then it's up at 900 billion. So what this is, is basically, uh, and let me pull out an article. I'm trying to find the right article here because... What is happening is that money managers uh, are, yeah, here we go. So cash unwanted, yeah, I can see this. So cash unwanted by banks piles up at the Federal Reserve repo facility. So what is happening is that um, what they're doing, they're basically parking their money, uh, money uh, market funds because they can't find anywhere else to park it. They got too much currency slushing around. And they're parking it over at the Fed. And here's the SOFR overnight, uh, the secured overnight financing rate data. So they're getting 0.05%. So they'd rather have it here than have it in the in, in cash right now, Tim. And uh, what this does uh, to the banks, like some experts have talked about it. Uh, there's a good video actually with George Gammon uh, explaining this. And what he talked about is that it actually creates a, a issue with, so the lenders now have less reserves. So what happens with that reverse repo is that they take it from the uh, reserve account, move it over to the reverse repo account. So now they don't have those bank reserves anymore, the banks. Uh, so what you're seeing is that that actually creates less lending uh, for people. And interestingly enough, uh, back a couple of weeks ago, yeah, we we're, were about two weeks ago from when uh, Wells Fargo announced that they were going to uh, close down their uh, their credit lines for people, and they were going to actually just turn them over into loans uh, if you had a balance on them. And is that like I asked Wall Street people? I don't know if they know anything. I haven't really got too much of feedback. They're saying like that's interesting, but you know, we might have to do some more research on it because they're not sure like if that has any correlation. But it definitely like from uh, what George Gammon's video said, and then you got the Wells Fargo shutdown of credit lines. Like, are they removing leverage because they can't borrow anymore? Uh, they can't lend any more currency out to uh to the market because they're getting uh kind of like uh their reserves are dwindling as they're moving it over instead of parking it at reverse repos for 0.05 percent uh that that is kind of my thoughts on and take on it I, I don't know if wells fargo has anything to do with that we know that wells fargo is a criminal bank you know me and josh recovered wells fargo i think we have like seven eight videos on wells fargo's criminal activities like uh, the the accounts, you know, they had 7 million accounts or whatever it was. But then they did an insurance scam where, you know, when you bought a car, they actually added insurance without your consent. Uh, they, they had a couple other schemes too. Credit Tim. cards, uh, credit cards without your consent. 
But I mean, I think one of yeah. the bigger points with this is like, if like right now, I mean, if you can, uh, you know, lend buy a treasury for you know six months at 0 0.05, or lend money risk free in a reverse repo to the Fed overnight for 0 0.05, I mean, it'd be yeah. much better to lend it overnight for 0 0.05. So, I mean, coincidentally, it's sort of yeah. <laughs> destroying you know the U.S. bond market, which has already been destroyed. But I mean, it's just further destroying it because then money markets. It seems banks. like it's driving. I think is it driving it down? Like, is that why it's going down, Tim? Like, do you think so, or because I'm not? You're well, not I mean, like, well, you I mean, the Fed. Well, the Fed better. is stepping in and buying it. The Fed's stepping in and buying yeah. like 330 million dollars every 60 60 minutes, whereas the government's spending like 880 million dollars every 60 minutes. So you know, don't only outdone by how much the government is spending. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's because the fed's buying it, which is why it's still low. But the thing is you're killing private demand because the private demand by the big banks are just going overnight versus actually, uh, you know, buying treasury bills. So, I mean, it sort of almost defeats the entire purpose of having QE. If you're just then going to have the money yeah. going right back to the fed. So, I mean, it's just completely insane. Yeah, and I thought so, just one, one thing, if you're talking about Wells Fargo, I thought that would be interesting to see, one of the boys that, you know, owns a lot of Wells Fargo stock, uh, you know, the uh, Berkshire Hathaway group. Uh, it seems like America can learn from communist China, says Charlie Munger. For those of you who don't know, Charlie Munger is, is Warren Buffett's main right-hand man. He's like 98 years old. Um, yeah, and it's funny because he was all. I mean, Buffett's also is like one of the I think largest owners of Moody's, or at least he was. So when you had, uh, you know, Joe Biden out there talking about Moody's, well, I mean, Moody's is you know backed by Warren Buffett, or at least I'm not sure if they still are, but I know that they were. Uh, well, on, on, yeah, and on that topic, let me share something because this is also interesting, right? Uh, you have actually, so this is a, a friend of mine. He's a president and CEO of Wall Street Bank, chief investment officer. He actually had a post, uh, Oliver Bergman here, uh, saying that S&P Motors and Fitch control over 96% of global credit ratings. So three firms control everything. And then actually, I want to show you quickly here. Uh, this is actually the 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 monthly report from S&P, which is one of the big global rating agencies. And as you can see here, um, if we go to additional information, here's what you can see, recent global non-financial transactions long-term. So they're showing the actual, so uh, BBB minus is a rating that is very important because it's the last rating that you could have before you get downgraded to junk. And if you do get downgraded to junk, you actually cannot be invested in with pension funds, with uh, a lot of different funds because they, they're not allowed to invest in lower grade bonds, right, Tim, if if I'm not mistaken. And so what you can see, so this is like current. So there's only like 4.8% that are getting downgraded from BBB minus to BBB plus. So at this time, those 4.8% of the corporate debt is actually junk. Uh, and, and I do believe this is both corporate and also uh, the, um, oh no, sorry. This one is the average. No, this is year to date, yeah. Uh, and this is a one year averages. So like you could see here, uh, the normal is 10.8%. So wh what it seems like, Tim, is I, I, if I'm not mistaken, there's about $7 trillion of corporate uh, bonds that are rated right in that BBB minus range. And that's a lot because it's almost 50% of all the corporate debt. They're teetering right on that little uh, knife's edge of uh, downgrading. And, you know, if that happened, they're, they're big trouble. And actually, there's uh, some big, uh, like there's a whole bunch of con companies here. But these are some, these are the significant downgrades, as you can see here in the corporate sectors. You can see they got downgraded from BBB uh, minus to either BBB. Yeah, you can see what they got downgraded to. But they got downgraded to junk, basically. Uh, and so you can see that there's the corporations, not too much fancy. But I, I want to point out two things here, Tim. Uh, Colombia was just recently downgraded to junk. So they can't actually, you can't invest in them anymore as a big uh, uh, big pension fund or anything. Uh, and also uh, Morocco uh, got downgraded at the same time um, to BBB plus. So both of those two countries and, and here you can see the debt, 
numbers, right? Like look at like the, so these are just corporations. So they're just dwarfs, you know, the size, but this is actually 30.184 billion dollars worth of debt in, uh, in Colombia and 2.85 billion dollars of US dollar denominated debt that are actually getting downgraded. Uh, two junk. So that that that's gonna have to be sold off if pension funds holds it for higher yield. They might, you know, you probably had some higher yield on those two countries because they were in the risk zone. But now they're gonna have to be uh, sent off, and and who knows that could cause higher inflation in those countries, right? And, and a lot of other issues. Uh, but yeah, it's it, we're on kind of a downsloping trend. I was trying to see here. Uh, as you can see, like the, let's see now, I'm trying to find the right one here. Um, yeah, if you could, if you could see here, there's, you know, the, the actual negativity is actually better. Like things are looking better, but still, uh, it, it seems like these, uh, rating agencies, if you learned anything from the 2008 crisis, should we trust them? I don't know, Tim, I'll, I'll put that over to you. Do you trust the rating agencies after what they did in 2008? Uh, you know, actually, before I let it over to you, in, in Canada, we had a home capital group, the biggest mortgage lender, private mortgage lender here, went bust. And they had a lot of terrible debt. And so Warren Buffett got in, bought it for $13 billion, Tim. And what happened about six months after, Tim, they issued a mortgage-backed security uh, that was AAA rated after they were basically junk, uh, you know, before, like six months before and had to be bought up by Buffett. So yeah, I find that interesting that they just issued a AAA rated and, you know, AAA rated, how could you be AAA rated when not even countries are AAA rated? Like usually it goes like the country first and then you're a little bit lower on your corporate debt and then the public, whatever public mortgage debt is even lower, right? And so how can you rate that AAA? That, that is totally insane, but, you know, uh, we should trust the rating agencies, right, Tim? That has a monopoly, the three big ones, Fitch, Moody, and and, and uh, SMP. Yeah, and just, I mean, more so even than 2008, I mean, August 2011 is when S&P downgraded the uh, United States, uh, you know, debt. Yeah. And for doing that, I think they got some severe repercussions, like they weren't allowed to, they, they basically, they, they were hit with like massive amount of repercussions for doing that. I forgot, what, I can't remember off the top of my head what that was. But, you know, if, if all of a sudden, you know, your job, your income and your pay is uh, dependent on you not uh, downgrading the U.S. debt, then guess what? The U.S. debt isn't going to get downgraded. And same thing with I think, uh, you know, even Moody's has got in trouble for, you know, certain companies that are linked to uh, Berkshire Hathaway with Berkshire Hathaway owning Moody's at the time. They might still do. I'm not, I'm not sure if they still do. Uh, you know, I believe they got in trouble for basically, you know, it's like the Fox Garden hen house. So it's like you have a corporation that then owns all these other sub corporations. And one of those sub corporations is in charge of rating the other sub corporations. I mean, obviously, you know, there is uh, a pretty big conflict of interest. I mean, I can't definitively, cause I don't want to get sued saying that they definitely did that or not, but you know, it does seem to be like a pretty yeah. big conflict. But of actually, interest. yeah, because I'm, I'm showing you that Tim, what you actually exactly mentioned here. And as you can see, this is, this is uh, SMP Moody's and Fitch ratings for the United States. And it looks like they were good, uh, you know, Fitch and Moody. <laughs> but yeah, actually, S&P downgraded them to double A plus, which they probably should be a lot lower. But, <laughs> but you know, reality today. But what you can see here, Tim, if you go on the credit rating for a lot of countries, this has changed a lot since last time I saw it. There's a lot of CCC. So that's basically total junk, like it's default, close to default. And there's a lot of it. And here you got Lebanon is in default and so on. And if you go down, you could actually, like, if you want to learn more about credit ratings, here's, if you go to trading economics and credit rating, you actually can learn how they rate it. And as we talked about here, as you can see, you know, the the non-investment grade. So that's also what they call it instead of junk. Uh, Wall Street likes to call it junk, but it's actually non-investment grade. But you could actually learn all about it there if you want to go deeper into the, the fun world of credit rating. <laughs> yeah, well, the fun world of, I mean, I'm not sure if Arthur Diamondham wants to get into, you know, I, I think, believe it, you're yeah. telling me that you're watching uh, some of the Elon Musk, uh, Jack Dorsey, Kathy Wood, B-Word conference that they were having. Uh, where, where was that conference anyways? Were, were, were they all there in person or were, were they virtual or, or can you tell us more about that? 
it, it was a virtual meeting. The did they ex- did they talk about El Salvador making Bitcoin legal tender at all? They uh, they touched on it. They they barely mentioned it. Yeah. They, 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 no, they did you did you have any did you have any clips from there that you wanted to play or I'm I, not or if you not sure if you, I don't want to put you on right there on the spot. It's okay if you don't have them. I got two really good ones. Probably the best ones are Elon's closing thoughts and Jack's closing thoughts. This is Maybe Jack his... Dorsey on Twitter, just so people know. Yeah, let's listen to this video. Elon Musk, I gotta say, looks like shit there. I mean, just in that little still frame, but I don't know. But anyways, we're not here to uh, judge him on his looks. So let's hear. Jack looks like a gangster uh, now with that shaven head. He's a tough guy. He's <laughs> part of like a motorcycle club or something. He just got out of. <laughs> and Kathy's like, "How did I end up here?" Creates world peace or helps create world peace. I mean, Elon. Elon said it earlier. Like, it, we we have all these monopolies of violence. And the individual doesn't have power and the amount of cost and distraction that comes from our monetary system today is real and it takes away attention from the bigger problems some of the some of the bigger problems that elon is trying to solve like get us to a multi-planetary humanity all these distractions that we have to deal with on a daily basis take away from those bigger goals that affect every single person on this planet increasingly so so i it it, it may sound a little bit ridiculous but like you, you fix that foundational level and everything above it improves uh, in such a dramatic way. So I, it's, it's going to be long-term, but, but my hope is, my hope is definitely peace. Well, that's, that's, that's an interesting point, uh, Tim, because I, I always make the point is when you have a toxic monitor system, like the fiat currency, it, it just poisons everything that it touches. So like me, yeah. The, the, you know, if you have a fixed measurement, you know, it's like building a house. If your if your meter like or inches constantly changes, like the length of it, you know, like how can you build a house? Like it's the same in inflation. How can you live your life, you know, with constantly changing inflation because of the change of supply of currency? And I think I was supposed to play this one actually first, but yeah. here we go. This is Elon Musk. Or, you know. Some of the cryptocurrencies uh, will make the future better, most likely. It's, it's not, you know, I always think of these things in terms of probabilities, um, but I think it's, it's probably better for uh, there, there to be uh, a prosperous Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, maybe some others in the future. Um, Doge. And uh, shilling Doge. Uh, an empowering effect uh, on for, for individuals. Um, and um, increase the power of the individual relative to government and really you know if you think of government government is just a corporation in the limit so sometimes some people are like against corporations but for government it's like guys government is just a corporation in the limit it's the biggest corporation of all and it's got a monopoly on violence so if you don't like corporations you should really hate government I gotta say that I mean I, I really like that, uh, but I'm yeah. I am somewhat shocked that he would actually come out there and say that. Yeah. And maybe it's to downplay the fact that he's you know having Neuralink that's gonna go reading your brain. You're gonna have Starlink. That's or with Dorsey talking about yeah, and with Dorsey talking about the individuals matter when he censors them on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so- and so, I mean, all these guys, you know, are definitely tied in with the man, but, you know, there's a certain, and I got to say, Elon Musk looks really off in that clip. He looks, I don't know, looks like an alien, like his, maybe he's doing. But I love what they're saying. Like, don't get us wrong. We, I think we all here love what they're saying. Like, it, it makes so much sense, you know, what they're saying, but I don't know if I could trust those guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do we want the, the other clippers? It's uh, Elon, Jack, Kathy, Elon's version of Akum's Razor. I don't, I'm not sure what that is. Is that oh, worth playing? Not really. Elon just gives his ver like he explains briefly what Occam's razor is. Then he says he has like his version of Occam's razor. And wouldn't it be funny if Dogecoin became a proprietary coin because the coin that was created as a joke to make fun of it turns out to be the leader? That that's like his ironic version of Occam's razor. Okay. okay, well, well, you know, it would be hilarious, wouldn't it, Tim, if uh, Dogecoin became the world reserve currency? It wouldn't be that hilarious because I don't own any. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully, I do have, I do have a little bit actually. Like, I, I of course, I have, I have like my altcoin, like, uh, like little basket that I hold with a whole bunch of crap coins. 
Yeah, and it would be funny for Mr. Seegerson, who sold a shit ton of it a few years ago and would be like a billionaire if he didn't sell sell it. But uh, oops, you know, there you go. That's what happened. Hey, I, I had, I, I could have been a millionaire too if I held my Bitcoin and I didn't lose it in the scam. So yeah, you all are. Yep, it's got to be, got to be important. But anyways, I do have to get running, and it was great being able to knock out another one of these. Again, for anyone that's you know in the vicinity of Northern Arizona, you can head to JackalopeFreedomFestival.com. Head to Jackalope. Basically, you know the most important thing to know is that if you're not bringing it, it's not going to be there. So you know it is you know dry camping, what they call boondocking. So you know if you are just banking on somebody being there, having something. I mean, I would not assume that that's going to be there. But with that said, there probably will be some people selling stuff and, uh, you know, different vendors and things like that. But, uh, you know, so, you know, make sure you've got food, make sure you got water, make sure you've got the basics. You know, if you need to power bring up. Bring generators. Yeah. I've got, I've got three generators. So I might, I'm probably going to bring. Holy smokes, man. You're, you're, you're becoming a good, pretty good at this, aren't you? Actually today, actually today I just came, I just got like four new gas tanks and just refilled those up. And, uh, and now if, now those might bring up with me, but if it wouldn't, if not, then you remember it, you have to add like fuel stabilizer to those. But yeah. the thing is, there's a lot of things that I'm learning and this is why it's important to learn on, you know, ahead of time before shit hits the fan, because yeah. one thing I didn't realize is, Oh, I go take a generator up North. I didn't realize that for every like thousand feet, elevation gain. I mean, here I'm like trying to close it out and then we're getting into a whole nother tangent, but for every thousand feet you go up in altitude, you lose, I forgot what it was, it was like 3% or 5% efficiency. And then if you then, uh, for every degree, oh, because of less oxygen in the air probably. Yeah, and for every degree above 70, I think you lose like one wow. above 70, you lose like 1% efficiency. So at one point, uh, you know, I'm not going to say who, but I had a Canadian staying with me that turned the AC down to 62 when it was 117 out, froze my fucking AC unit. And then, you know, and then two days in a row, it was, you know, almost 100 degrees in my house, which then it's like impossible when it's 117 out to lower your house. I'm like, screw it, taking the RV, going north. And then it ended up being like 100 degrees, even at like 6,500 feet elevation. And then my generator kept like conking out and like wasn't really starting my AC when usually it would have no problem. And so I realized that uh, it's because of, you know, the degradation when you go that high and when you're so that's another thing. If you're planning on going to Jackalope or just hearing me right now and you got one smaller generator and it works fine for you at a thousand feet, maybe it might not work for you at sixty five hundred feet. I think Jackalope's yeah. at like seventy five hundred feet. So uh, that's it's pretty damn something... high. That's actually what? very high. Well, yeah, it's it's something to consider when, you know, because it's not something like, you know, you're not really taught in school. Oh, yeah. And a generator when you go. I mean, it's just, you know, maybe stuff that yeah. like basic man stuff. You, you should you know. Guys, but... Yeah, you guys don't have the uh, we got a problem. Actually, I have an AC in my little camper. I got a pop up camper. And and the problem for me is actually humidity. So like when it gets like 32 yeah. to 40 degrees Celsius plus the humidity, like it actually freezes. So what I got to do is I got to just make sure that I sometimes when I'm gone from the camper, I just run it on like just a fan to turn. I literally just told you that my AC froze. So, I mean, Arizona does have a problem when it comes to being hot. So, I mean, this is like one of the hottest fucking places in the world. So my AC (laughs) did freeze. So, and that was at my house, my house AC unit froze. Uh, and yeah, I guess, you know, it, it is, I guess I've heard from people that the AC and campers are pretty common to freeze up if it's, you know, 110 out and you're just running the thing for like two days straight. Then obviously, you know, that's yeah, you gotta, pretty... you gotta take it easy on it. So that's why I learned to like, actually just when you're not in a camper, don't have the AC on basically to let it like cool down. And like, the, well, yeah, the I mean, especially if you've got to run a, especially if you've got to run a generator to use it too, yeah. I mean, you're not going to leave the generator on. Uh, yeah. So anyways, yeah. I know we got a little tangent there. Not, not what the show notes was talking about in terms of how to, uh, how to end. Hey, the it's show. a part of survival. It's a part of what we talk about. Yeah. And then you're going to be learning. And then the thing is, then you see what other people are doing and you get ideas of where people are trying to build community and some very people- smart. Yeah. And so, yeah, there'll be, there'll be, you know, probably a decent amount of like influencers there. And it's not like you're going to some, uh, you know, conference at a hotel where, you know, everyone ducks back into the hotel or you're at a conference in Vegas and everyone's spread throughout the city. And, you know, you're not going to have time to see these people. This is like, Hey, you know, you're out there milling about with, you know, the, you know, average person. Yeah, everybody's out there hanging. That's fantastic. I wish I could take my camper down there, but, uh, I'll be, uh, violated if I come home by the government. Say it like three times, like Joe Biden. I want to take my camper there. I want to take my camper there. I want to take my camper there. And then they click your, click your heels three times and then you'll wind up, uh, you'll wind up over there. So anyway, there's a war. Yeah. 
but yeah, honestly, what could they it. what could they do to you like coming back in and be like you got a camper? Be like I'm gonna quarantine in my camper. Or could you lie? Oh, say they'll take it. Oh, they'll take you to a hotel though. Those fuckers could you just are crazy. Say you're, you're gonna have to park there. Say you're on your on your way to uh, to Alaska or something. I don't know. <laughs> Alaska. <laughs> I love it. No, which I guess, but the thing is, even to do that, like you have to have like yeah. a contract in Alaska, and you can't just like, galvanize around. Oh, you, to enter Canada, you gotta have to have a PCR test. So, so I didn't even realize until a couple of days ago that it was technically the land borders closed from U.S. to Mexico come back. But you know, I just watched well, the guy, the border agent. It was so hilarious. It was like a Mexican American who obviously like English was a second language, and he's like, "You guys went down to Puerto Vallarta, man." He's like, "Are you guys crazy?" Like and it's funny because he had like the whole accent and everything, and I love it's, just, it. uh, it's just really funny that I mean I would say he was very very nice, which you know I'm usually not like trying to, you know, talk about how nice Border Patrol is, but the guy was super nice and uh, was like asking us questions, like you guys get pulled over by the federales, he's like what happened? He's like you guys are just crazy doing that. Like nobody. He's just died. a normal guy. Like why why can't everybody be like that? Like that would be a nice border to actually cross if everybody had common sense and not acted like pricks. Yeah, because they never yeah, I mean they're I mean going back, I mean usually going back into America, like they're complete yeah. dicks. So we're going in even into Canada. I mean it, yeah. yeah, usually oh, Canada is horrible too, man. Like I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. No, but the funny thing is, like, we didn't have any story of, you know, we had to do this for essential travel. It's like, no, nope, we were just coming down. <laughs> so we actually we didn't even get into it. The guy we literally uh, I guess their computer system wasn't working, so you had to call somebody else over and funnel over to somebody else. But yeah, we got through. I love Mexico. You probably couldn't pull that off in Canada. They're like, no, this was the no, 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 no. no. This was to get back. No, this was the American one. But it was a Mexican American. It was a Mexican American at the American one. Whereas the Mexican one, there was nobody. There was literally nobody. We just went across, and we see a sign. That says like Bienvenidos, Mexico. Another sign on the right where there's a whole bunch of people there. And we decided like, oh, I'm not standing in that line. We just went forward. But that line was probably the line to get the permit, which then, you know, screwed us later on and <laughs> ended up spending way more money on bribes than I did if I just got the stupid permit. And that was, you know, somewhat yeah, uh, lessons learned. Under- eh? Yeah, lessons learned. And it wasn't really about the it was the thing is like it was like 10 minutes into Sinaloa. So then we we're like, oh, shit, we're going to get stopped like every 10 minutes. Like I don't can't afford to pay out like a hundred dollars us like every eight minutes for the next you know 10 hours uh and so yeah i didn't even have like a ton of money on me either so at a certain point like what are you guys gonna do like to you people have already extorted you know stuff off of us but anyways i'm tip at the liberty advisor at the liberty advisor.com is john sison at the economic truth.com arthur diamond hands with a fake gnome de plume that he doesn't want to be found, but you can find him on the Discord. You can find him sometimes in Cash Daddy's uh, podcast, getting shout outs as well. Every now and then I hear him getting shouted out. But uh, anyways, thank you guys so much for uh, joining us. Thank you uh, for helping us out. Uh, I almost said Tim and John, but John and Arthur. And I will talk to Peace everyone out. later. Peace out and see you guys at Jackalope.